in this episode of the Live Damn Well podcast. We all know about food, how important nutrition is, and we, you know, we talk about sleep and things like that, but water, which really makes up the vast majority of our cells, is uh, pretty often overlooked. And as deuterium gets incorporated into our bodies, it starts to build up more and more over time. And that is what I believe we see as aging. And because deuterium is so heavy, when it's next to, when it's attached to the hydrogen in your DNA, it'll start to put pressure on the DNA to crack and morph it and cause mutations. So deuterium at a lot of different levels is very important because it damages our body. But the most important part of why we want very little deuterium in our bodies is that it destroys the mitochondria. So as this water comes out of your mitochondria, this is the zone that your body really loves because it starts to make these different um, chemicals in that area, in the mitochondria, because it's a deuterium-free zone or a really low deuterium zone. My name is Jorge Roman, author of Return to Human, certified health coach in training, metabolically flexible individual, and insulin-sensitive human. In this podcast, I will relentlessly ask, why is there so much conflicting information about health, nutrition, and lifestyle recommendations? Is there more to the story? Or are those individuals involved with natural and alternative health simply a bunch of pseudoscientific quacks? I will often have solo episodes discussing relevant scientific research around nutrition, supplementation, and powerful lifestyle practices. I'll also occasionally plug my health coaching programs shamelessly. I'll also be interviewing thought leaders from all walks of life in an attempt to discover what truly makes someone sick or healthy. Now I will do this all with no agendas, no ideology, no BS, just the truth. Regardless of the fact that one, it'll be very difficult to do, and two, I will inevitably trigger and anger some narrow-minded and myopic individuals. Now to live damn well doesn't simply mean living life perfectly. We're all going to die someday, so striving for that ultimate health is a pretty counterproductive goal. Rather, I hope to learn from myself and empower others to fulfill their purpose and enjoy life to the fullest, all while being disease-free, energetic, and in total control of their biology. I believe humanity already has all of the tools to create a life which is disease-free, joyful, and highly fulfilling. Now we need to do the hardest part, cutting through the divisive, arrogant, close-minded BS which holds us all back from creating the world we deeply desire. Thank you for joining me on this journey, and I hope to serve you on yours. Before we get into this episode, I want to preface it by saying this is an incredibly science-heavy podcast, but I try to break it down as easily as possible. Dr. Gould does the same, so I hope that you give it a chance. We really try to summarize it as best as possible. And we try to make it practical and applicable to your own life. So I hope you stick around and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Live Damn Well podcast. My name is Jorge Roman and my guest today is Dr. Joel Gould, a repeat guest, a Canadian dentist with over 30 years of experience in both the US and Canada. After struggling with Crohn's disease for most of his life and being told by doctors there was nothing he could do, he slowly stumbled across the solutions. Since then, Dr. Gould successfully reversed Crohn's disease and now works to raise awareness for ancestral living in a modern world through his platform, Modern Hunter Gathers. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. How's it going? 
<clears throat> so today we're really going to focus on water, which is something that I think is uh, pretty often overlooked. Um, I mean, we all know about food and how important nutrition is, and we, you know, we talk about sleep and things like that. But water, which really makes up, uh, you know, the vast majority of our cells, is uh, is often overlooked. And I'm actually going to have um, Dr. Pollock on on the podcast soon, so that's going to be really exciting. Great. So Great. to start off, most people know that. It comes in three forms, right? Solid, liquid, and gas. But there's actually a fourth phase that's now been characterized. Uh, it's known as structured water or exclusion zone water, easy water. So I want to talk about what this is and why it's even relevant for health. Right. Well, it's a, it's a great introduction. So for some people who have never heard of Gerald Pollack or understand what structured water is, this is information that's kind of not really out there. And there's a lot of different reasons. Um, when people think of water and hydration, they really think about, you know, well, I need to bring a, a bottle of water with me, so I keep flushing my body with water. And the idea that we need to constantly drink water is one of the first of a couple of things that I want to, you know, uh, break into people's understanding that it's not necessarily true. And, you know, one of my, my quotes is just because everybody believes something that doesn't make it true. Um, water is important, but we don't need to really be constantly drinking water because humans make our own water. So that's kind of a, a very different topic, but the, the structure of water itself is really interesting. And, and I kind of maybe want to slow you down, um, before we get into what structured water is, is really break it down to what, what's the big deal with water? Why is water make up, I don't know if it's 60% of our body or 80% of our body. Um, it's, it's, you know, this is, I, I don't have my stats on hand, but the really the the most interesting thing about water, and I really wanted to talk about this as the foundation to life, because without understanding what water is and and how it behaves, and what what is it about it that we need to understand when it comes to our biology, is that um, it, we have to learn just a little bit of you know chemistry and physics, and without that information, I don't think a lot of this is going to make sense. So structured water is actually kind of easy to think about because it's really the, the fourth phase of water. And you're exactly right. So ice is solid. Um, steam is vapor is, um, is another form of water, uh, the water they're used to drinking. But um, because of the structure of water and how the actual molecule is made, we have a fourth phase of water that has to do with when water molecules all line up. So I think it's, um, this is, you know, some foundational information because every single thing forward in your biology relates to the structure of water. And I know that might not seem like it's possible or a big deal, but it, it really is. So the first thing I want to just sort of clarify for people is that we have atoms and we have hydrogen is an atom. This is now we have oxygen, which is an atom. And when we combine them, we get a molecule. So water is a molecule. It is H2O is two hydrogen atoms attached to an oxygen atom. And that's the most important part because when you look at a water molecule, it's bent. And that's the way the structure of the universe is. And it has to do with how the different atoms have availability to bond with other atoms. And water is a really, really easy one because oxygen is a trouble molecule. It's missing two electrons and it's always looking for those electrons. Um, so oxygen is kind of dangerous because it's, it's always oxidizing everything. But water is a nice stable molecule because it's one oxygen with two hydrogens. And that molecule is very, I like to say it's happy because it's stable. You don't, you're not going to get a free radical from water unless you have some radiation hitting that water molecule and getting rid of 
one of those hydrogens, then you have a free radical that's really looking for an extra electron. So because the, the, the molecule is, is a little unusual, it's bent, you have oxygens in the middle and you have your hydrogens on the outside. And um, the basics of physics is that um, electrons, there's electrons, protons, and neutrons. Those are all of our subatomic particles. I think we talked about that last time um, on your other podcast. And um, uh, oxygen will pull the electrons closer towards it from the hydrogens because the electrons orbit in a cloud. They don't orbit like a planet does. We like to think of it as, a, as where this thing is buzzing everywhere. It's filling all the space. But that oxygen um, will pull, because it's a bigger atom, the gravity will pull the electrons and they'll spend more time circling around the oxygen, which will make that oxygen atom more negative. And that will leave the hydrogens that are sticking out on the ends more positive. So now we have something called a polar molecule. And this is the key to all life. Because if this molecule was perfectly balanced, it wouldn't would be nothing exciting about it because it wouldn't have any uh, ability to do anything. It would be kind of like we talked about, I think, before, like a flat line. So that bend in the, in the, in the molecule of oxygen and the actual quantum physics idea that it's got um, the, the oxygen is partially negative and the hydrogen is partially positive. This is something that, that um, students of chemistry and organic chemistry know all about. Um, and this is basically like a relative positivity or negativity. So why this is important is because when you get a bunch of water molecules together, this is a very small molecule. And so a lot of them will stack up. Um, water is, is just really interesting because just left on its own, um, we call it bulk water. But as these oxygen molecules start to connect together, we have the positive charge of the hydrogen or slightly positive charge of the hydrogen interacts with the slightly negative charge of the oxygen. And then it actually starts to all bond together, one on top of the other. And it actually makes sheets in three dimensions. It's really cool. I kind of have this one graphic where I think it would make great wallpaper. Um, and so this structured water is very different than bulk water because the water starts to really form in sheets. And the thickness of the sheets depends on some interesting stuff. So this structured water will form really around any hydrophilic areas. And so I just want to talk briefly, I think we talked about it last time as well, about hydrophilic and hydrophobic. So um, I like to break things down into the easiest way to remember them. And I have these cartoon characters that I always like to throw out there. And I have a character called Kathy Cholesterol. And she's fat, and fat is very hydrophobic, terrified of water. So Kathy is terrified of water. She's hydrophobic. Now she has a friend. Her name is uh, his name is Sulfur, and Sulfur is very very hydrophilic, and Sulfur loves water. And what makes these different um, atoms be more positive or more negative has to do with how many electrons they carry. Sulfur is carrying more electrons, it's gonna have a more negative charge and it's gonna be able to draw water molecules to it because that negative charge is gonna draw the, pot, the partially positive um, uh, charge of the hydrogen. And so you're gonna get this structured water is gonna to start to form anywhere where there's a really good amount of um, hydrophil hydrophilicity. So and that just so happens to be our proteins and, and all of the structures of our body, our collagen, and are, are basically the way proteins are, these are really perfect sites um, for this negative charge and for water to start to build up around it. 
So um, the actual function or what, what structured water is, is this is just simply the way this molecule behaves on this planet and in this universe. And with no energy input whatsoever, water will just be bulk. And it does have um, its own vibrational energy, which we talked about last time. So if you put a bucket of water down and you put um, and you let it sit, it's gonna it's gonna basically um, uh, sort of get to equilibrium. So whatever is uh, suspended in that water is just gonna be sitting there and evenly spaced out because of osmosis, because of just the resonation of water. But if you apply energy to that water the energy itself will start to actually structure the water and start to form those different layers of sheets. And the more energy you put in to that water, the thicker that um, structured water will be. And this is something that can happen in a rubber hose tube. This is something that can happen in your blood vessels. This is something that can happen in, in a frying pan in the, in the kitchen. If it's got a, a nonstick coating, it's very hydrophilic, it's gonna really draw water to it. So you're gonna to start to get this structured water forming on really anything that can care, keep that negative charge that starts to um, build. And when that starts to build, it's interesting because it creates an exclusion zone. And what that means is that when the, water, when the molecules line up, it actually keeps a negative charge and it pushes out protons out into the bulk water and will also push out any debris, any, um, uh, anything floating in your body, um, it will start to push those things out of the way. You know, get this slick gelled water, and this is what you'll find on fish when you feel the scales, they feel slimy. What you're feeling is structured water. You're feeling that slimy layer that's natural that will form, that our biologic systems really were designed around. Interesting. Did so I leave this, anything out? No, <laughs> that, was, that was it. So to summarize, um, the structure of water, uh, which is H2O, is actually not as static as we think it to be. And it actually has more negative on the oxygen, which actually is super important because that creates a certain type of interaction between uh, a bunch of water molecules when they're together in a glass or in a river, for example. And uh, the importance of that is it actually becomes, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, H3O2, when they uh, start to form this lattice network. And that's super important for life. And we'll actually get into exactly uh, what kind of uh, electromagnetic radiation actually makes it um, structured. Um, so the next thing I want to talk about is, is exactly that, like, why is this uh, so important? Because now we know that it exists, but why is it important uh, at the cellular level in our cell, right. for example? Right. Well, before we even get into that, so that's a great question. And that's something that's kind of out there, but um, meaning out there that, that like this is being discussed. Um, Gerald Pollack was very popular about five years ago and, you know, his information came out. And it's interesting because um, as I as I got into this biohacking sort of field, um, these different doctors' information would come up, and people would grab onto it. This would be the new person. A lot of people laughed at Gerald Pollack, saying he's not saying anything important. And you know, um, but the the reason this is important is because it, it it's how every single biologic system in your body works around. But before we really understand the profound nature of this, and this is stuff that people are not talking about, and this is why I think this is way more important, is that we want to look at the three forms of water in this universe, if that's a good time. Um, I don't, did we talk about that last time? I'm not sure that we did. I don't think so. Yeah. So when I say the three forms of water in this universe, I don't mean the phases of water like ice, steam, and liquid, or gel, but I mean the actual molecule of water itself, because I said it's H2O. But we need to bring in something 
really important, and that is the isotopes of hydrogen. So for anyone listening who doesn't know what an isotope is, that's okay. It's kind of hard to remember. An isotope is a version of an element that's exactly the same as the element, but it has more or less neutrons. And going back to what I said at the right, right at the beginning, all of life, everything you see, this tabletop, everything that you see behind me is made of three subatomic particles, electrons, protons, and neutrons. Electrons have a negative charge, protons have a positive charge, and neutrons have a neutral charge. And that's it. That's what all of life is made up of. And when we start on the periodic table of elements, we start with the simplest element, which is hydrogen. It has one electron and one proton, and that's it. Now, hydrogen is the most abundant element in the universe. And when we talk about the universe, we need to understand that it was created in what we have decided to utilize as our, our origin story is the Big Bang. And so whether it's right or wrong, our story currently, we believe that at some point in time, um, you can probably remember how many billion years ago, this is how old the universe is, 14.5 billion years, um, is that when the Big Bang happened, this giant explosion, I, I kind of think that big is not a very exciting word because it was a pretty Big Bang that, it, that created all of matter in the universe, um, that uh, we talked about this before, that energy can neither be created nor destroyed, it can only change forms, and energy in motion creates mass. So when this giant explosion happened, atoms were created of all different varieties with varying amounts of electrons, protons, and neutrons. So when you start at the beginning of the periodic table, you have the simplest one is hydrogen, one electron, or proton. Now, every element has isotopes, and that is they have additional neutrons. So people heard of carbon dating, and that's um, a system that uses a carbon, um, uses carbon-14. Carbon has a molecular weight of 12. Carbon-14 is a carbon isotope. And we use that to, to do aging, uh, to, to see how old things are, which is kind of cool. But so you've heard it before, but really we're looking for an isotope of carbon um, that has two extra neutrons. So when it comes to hydrogen, this is the interesting one. So um, hydrogen, because it only has one proton, it weighs one. The electron is relatively weightless. Um, and hydrogen has three forms on this planet and in this universe that we know of. We don't know of any other forms. And that is, first one is called protium, that's regular hydrogen. The second version of hydrogen is called deuterium. And the third one is called tritium. So tritium is radioactive. It's not a normal feature of this planet. We can make it artificially, and it definitely existed in the Big Bang. But deuterium is a stable hydrogen isotope, which means that there is deuterium on this planet and on the moon and on Mars. Apparently, there's much more deuterium on Mars, so we have to think about that if we want to move there. I'm not moving so fast, but um, the idea is that, so hydrogen is one electron, one proton. Deuterium is one electron, one proton, and an extra neutron. And then tritium is two extra neutrons. So what's the big deal? Why am I taking so much time to explain this? This is really foundational for everything forward because all of life has to recognize this one neutron that is added to hydrogen because it's really important um, because it doubles the weight of hydrogen. So in your chemical structures, in your proteins, in your enzymes, in all of biology, we have hydrogens attached to everything and that's because Hydrogens are like the little caps that you put on everything to make sure it's stable. Every molecule that is looking for an extra electron is very happy with the hydrogen attached to it. So 
um, when uh, when you have a hydrogen bond to something, that's a covalent bond. And um, I'm not sure if I used this analogy before, but there's two types of bonds I want to talk about. One is an ionic bond, and one is a covalent bond. And you can think of it this way, is that an ionic bond is like if you're dating somebody and you like to hang out together, you're kind of attracted to them. Um, and you hang out, and if you separate, it's not that big of a deal. A covalent bond is like when you're in a relationship or you're married and you have kids, that bond is really tight. If you want to break that bond, it's a lot harder. It's your, the connection is much tighter. And it's really as simple as that. And those two types of bonds are really important because the covalent bonds are the really strong bonds. When those get broken by radiation and you get a free radical, that's one thing. And then an ionic bond is just an attraction of the different molecules based on their relative negativity. So this is really important because water has, you know, again, relative negativity. So things are drawn together by that positive and negative charge. So that's kind of important part, important part in all this. Now, when we go back to the whole three types of water, we have H2O, that's two hydrogens and one oxygen molecule. And then we have HDO, which is a molecule of water with one hydrogen and one deuterium atom. And then we have D2O, which is one oxygen and two deuterium atoms, and that's heavy water. Now, people have heard of heavy water. If you watch the um, miniseries Chernobyl, it was about the nuclear reactor. Um, really interesting stuff. But if you make ice from heavy water, it will sink to the bottom in a glass because of the extra weight of those neutrons. Now, when you think about this little tiny molecule, it kind of it's hard to get your mind around this, how this would actually play out, but that's where you can see that if you took a bucket of, of heavy water, the difference between the heavy water and the light water, or regular water, the water without deuterium, is that one extra neutron. And this is enough of a weight that it actually will make an ice drop to the bottom of your glass, which is kind of cool. So deuterium exists here on Earth, deuterium exists on Mars, and it's mostly found in water. Um, and so, we have our oceans, and that's you know the origin of water on this planet. So um, I want to get into just a, even a little bit more more uh, details on that, and say you know um, to your knowledge, uh, do you, you know what do you know anything about the water of the Earth? Is that something that you know where did the water on Earth come from? That's a question for you. What do you know? You may you may have already you know uh, we we've spoken. You may have dug deeper into this, but to your knowledge, like so the Earth is here and there's water. How that water get here? Do you have any thoughts on that? I do not. Yeah, okay. Well, I didn't, okay, so I, so just so you understand that most of what I'm talking about, well, these were accidental um, discoveries that I, I started to investigate deeper, and I, I just found the most incredible information. So, and anyone who's listening to this, uh, you know, you can dispute a lot of this stuff, but this is basically just basic science research. So, um, the sun was too hot, and all the water that initially existed on Earth evaporated. And at some point in time, as the sun cooled, it would allow for the ability of water to stay on the surface of the planet. So the, one of the theories is there's carbonaceous uh, uh, chondrites, these, these asteroids or um, basically hunks of ice from outer space came, and as it passed through this part of our universe or as our uh, solar system or galaxy passed through someplace in space, these comets hit the Earth and filled the oceans with water. And the reason they say that is because we find these asteroids or um, these hunks of, of basically uh, you know, a bunch of different stuff, but a lot of water, it has the deuterium content of 155 parts per million. So for every um, atom of, of uh, 
water, for, for every molecule of water, 155 of those atoms is actually deuterium. So that's parts per million. So you can measure water by its deuterium content, and the oceans are at 155 parts per million. Now, we have water in us, and our bodies, if we're relatively healthy, are going to be somewhere around 125 parts per million to 135 parts per million, depending on our health, depending on where we live, depending on our diet, depending on our age. So that's a number that can be very low in extremely elite athletes who are very, very physically fit. They can have maybe even a, a level of 120 parts per million. And somebody who's sedentary, who's eating junk food, is going to have um, a, maybe 134, 137. You know, the numbers, there's not a lot of, you know, testing. This isn't it's like a standard thing, but this is real. And, you know, so the, the content of the Earth's water literally is 150 parts, five parts per million. That's ocean water. The water, the tap water that you're drinking is probably 150 parts per million. So now when we introduce this whole other concept that water isn't just water, that there's a mixture of these different types of water, and each one of those forms exists in our bodies. And if you go online, you can see the exact number. And again, I'm not a super stats guy, but basically the majority of water is H2O. There's lots of HDO and there's some D2O just naturally. And the next portion of this is sort of the last super sciencey part is that deuterium and hydrogen will exchange to equilibrium. So that's kind of a scientific, scientific thing to say. But what that means is that, um, you know, you've heard of osmosis and that again, as everything's resonating, everything will get distributed evenly, but deuterium atoms will exchange with hydrogen atoms until they're all spread out. So if you keep on adding deuterium into something, the, they'll keep exchanging with the hydrogen atoms until you have an equal part of deuterium and hydrogen. And that's just the way that nature is. So chemists and scientists all around the world use deuterium to gauge the rate of reactions. And they do this with a special equation that will scare most people, showing the concentration of the deuterium, how many parts per million. And this is a, this is a constant. And you know, so this is something that, that is used. If you Google deuterium, you're gonna find all kinds of stuff, but you'll find it in so many scientific studies because it's not that they care about the deuterium, they really care about um, the reaction rate. And that, because that the, the exchange of hydrogen deuterium is a constant, that they use that. It's also visible um, on an MRI. So that's the other reason they're going to be using deuterium. So before we go, before we go a little deeper, yeah, sorry, that's a, lot of, that's, a, <laughs> that's a lot of foundational information, but, but people need, are going to want to know what deuterium is. And I think that I've never laid this out just so, you know, slowly because everything falls, falls from this and every single thing, including structured water has to do with deuterium. So, right, sorry, go right. <laughs> so, so before we go a little deeper, I want to summarize real quick. So basically what, what we we're talking about here is um, all, basically all elements have uh, isotopes. Isotopes are basically a different amount of neutrons in, um, uh, in an atom, right? And so what's the problem with that? Well, with deuterium, it, it's, it basically <clears throat> doubles the, the, uh, the mass of uh, this hydrogen. And as we're gonna talk about, that has some profound consequences uh, for our health. Um, but so real quick question I wanted to ask was, is um, how does deuterium actually affect our body's ability to uh, make structured water or, uh, you know, water's ability to actually turn into that lattice network. Right. Well, okay. So now I'm going to be giving you my thoughts on this because um, and I want people to know that, um, you know, I have personally interviewed a lot of the people that have these discoveries. Um, one of my tribal elders is a guy by the name of Laszlo Boros. 
And he is one of the, I guess, the world's you know, most preeminent experts on deuterium. He's a UCLA doctor. He's a real person. Um, and, um, you know, so I've gotten a lot of the information from him. And, and most of what I've learned comes from these different um, scientists because people are, this isn't something that people are spending a lot of money on because this, the science is, is just not there. Um, I had a discussion with a big doctor at UCLA. We're talking about deuterium. He's like, I don't think it's that important. You know, and I was thinking, well, I, you know, I think it's the passage of time. I think it's one of the most important concepts in the universe. But um, the idea is that um, I, I'll tell you the things that I know to be true and then the things that are probably true. So this goes back to, um, so again, what's the big deal with this extra neutron? Well, in any other um, atom, so helium has a bunch of isotopes and all the different elements have tons of isotopes. There's a lot of variety. I like to say that Mother Nature is a bit sloppy. And I mean that in a good way, because all of life follows a bell curve. Mother nature isn't just like, you know, 100%. There's a lot of room for flexibility. Um, so when this uh, deuterium gets exchanged for hydrogen, it changes everything. Because hydrogen, when it bonds onto another molecule, has a specific bond angle. Because deuterium is twice as heavy, and it's resonating twice as slowly, it's putting a different type of interaction on anything it gets incorporated into. And that heavy weight, that double weight, starts to affect everything that hydrogen is attached to. And that is especially important when it comes to proteins in our body or enzymes. So enzymes are the worker bees of our biology. Enzymes are carefully folded proteins that do all these chemical reactions based on the inter-interactions uh, of the enzyme. And there'll be some, some structural uh, shape changes that how these enzymes actually work. But when you start to replace the hydrogen with deuterium, then something called the kinetic isotope effect happens. And that is that the enzyme itself starts to slow down. So the enzyme, if you're looking at a specific enzyme, and, and we can talk about like superoxide dismutase, um, this is an important enzyme that helps eliminate your free radicals when superoxide is formed. We want some for hormesis, for stressing our body, but we don't want too much, too much. So we have an enzyme called superoxide dismutase, and basically this enzyme will decrease the, the bad effects of oxygen um, and calm it down. It'll change it from being a free radical. So as this enzyme starts to work, it has these hydrogens, but if you keep on adding deuterium, this enzyme is gonna slow down. And as it slows down, your body's ability to eliminate free radicals decreases. And this is in, in think of one tiny, um, enzyme in one cell in your body, this one enzyme is now getting incorporated with deuterium and it's slowing down. That's aging. That is how um, basically I like to think of what deuterium is. And as deuterium gets incorporated into our bodies, it starts to build up more and more over time. And that is what I believe we see as aging. And because deuterium is so heavy, when it's next to, when it's attached to the hydrogen in your DNA, it'll start to put pressure on the DNA to crack and warp and, and cause mutations. So deuterium at a lot of different levels is very important because it damages our body. But the most important part of why we want very little deuterium in our bodies is that it destroys the mitochondria. So I have my character, Marty Mitochondria. Marty Mitochondria is a very, is a very special character. And this is the part of your body, your mitochondria, you have thousands per cell, and every cell has mitochondria except for red blood cells, which is really interesting. And so we need to really pay attention to this because um, 
as the deuterium gets into your mitochondria, it slows down your production of energy. And that is the root cause of, or one of the root causes of metabolic disease. So when the mitochondria is damaged, that's your metabolism. You have now have a damaged metabolism. And when you see people who are obese or people who have different diseases and they say, oh, well, they're not met they're metabolically unhealthy or they have metabolic disease. This is what they're talking about. We're talking about the ability of the mitochondria to make energy on a second by second basis and the energy that it makes is ATP, adenosine triphosphate, that's human electricity. And so everyone needs to really pay attention to the mitochondria because that's the basis for your vitality. When you feel sick and you have the flu, your mitochondria is not producing enough ATP and you feel weak and you feel tired. So that's when you feel sluggish, you are not making enough energy. And if that lower energy continues, you basically will put on weight, get um, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, and all these different health issues start to come up. And these are all really primarily caused, what you know, the damage in the mitochondria comes from a lot of different ways, but this deuterium, and, and I know that we're gonna get deeper into it, like, you know, because this is, this is it. There's all these different scientific features that I don't really care about that much. But this one is the one that generates all life on this planet. This is the most important thing you need to be thinking about for your health, for your longevity, for your parents, for everyone who you care about. This is the one thing that we really need to focus on. So um, I took you on a long journey there, but there's a lot of information that that's you know super important. So yes, three types of water. Water has you know these different deuterium atoms and. The amount of deuterium that you take in, the water you drink is much less important than the foods that you eat, which we can get into. So I'll stop there. Right. So, okay. Yeah. We talked about a lot of different things. We first explained exactly why water even matters, that it's overlooked. Uh, <clears throat> we talked about that it comes in those three forms. Uh, the fact that it has isotopes and people might still be wondering, gotten a little bit lost with all of the science. Um, uh, but basically the relevance and the importance um, behind uh, trying to deplete the amount of deuterium that you're consuming in your diet or consuming from the water that you drink is this idea of um, this kinetic isotope effect, which basically means that the chemical bonds in water between deuterium and oxygen are actually much stronger than the bonds between normal hydrogen and water. And so what does that actually mean? Uh, it takes a lot more energy to break those bonds in biological reactions of the body, which can actually slow down all of these chemical reactions. So am I getting that right? Yeah, that, that's 100% correct. And, you know, um, with the bond, so the, the hydrogen to uh, deuterium to oxygen, um, it's not, you know, it, you put it a great way, but more importantly, you know, on your different um, biologic structures, when you have deuterium, that's really, um, it, it just changes um, how these, these molecules resonate because everything resonates. And, and the slowing down of the resonation is just kind of, that's putting like a damper on your life type of thing. So, that's absolutely true and then and then um you know why so why why is this a big deal why why what's the issue and what does the structured water have to do with the metabolic water well um maybe let's just talk about metabolic water because those two are important so metabolic water is water that we make and again i don't know if we talked about this last time but i think it, it is worth repeating is that you know camels can go a really long way in the desert without drinking water well that's because they don't store water in their humps but they store fat and the structure of fat is, is it's a hydrocarbon. It has carbon and hydrogen. And um, our, food, our foods are our hydrocarbons. And so when you burn fat, the actual waste product. So when we, we talk about mitochondria, we talk about oxidative phosphorylation. 
This is how all, all multicellular animals make energy. And the reason that we need to breathe in oxygen is not because oxygen nourishes our body. Oxygen is not this great nourisher, but oxygen is the final electron acceptor for the electron transport chain. So when you eat food, we pull these electrons off and they get tossed in like a game of hot potato up a, a electrochemical gradient in, in your mitochondria um, to run this whole system. And then when this um, electron is done, going through the electron transport chain, it needs to be taken away. So it's attached to oxygen and you get H2O. But that is very special water because those um, hydrogen atoms were all really hydrogen, they were not deuterium. So the water that comes out of oxidative phosphorylation, the actual process of making energy, and it oozes out is deuterium depleted H2O. It's really, and it's called metabolic water. It's the end product of your metabolism. And this is really important because your body doesn't want any deuterium anywhere. And every single function, every single chemical reaction that's happening in your body is saying, well, where's the deuterium? Let's get rid of it. Where, where is that deuterium going to go now? So, you know, with the Krebs, so have you studied the Krebs cycle yet? Or the, the um, yeah, so yeah. how many steps is that? It's 10 enzymatic steps. And, and this is going to go a little sciencey for people, but I want you to understand this is real, is that when you start to break down sugar or fats, um, in the Krebs cycle, this is the initial stage where you're getting ready to create the molecules to put into the electron transport chain. It's a lot of steps to, to release very, very few ATP. And every one of those steps is a deuterium depletion step. So, because if you go through it, and there's all these different steps, there's all these different enzymes, and um, I have had it memorized many times in my life, but a long time ago. But these, this, is a, this is just to remove deuterium. That's how important this is. So as this water comes out of your mitochondria, this is the zone that your body really loves because it starts to make these different um, chemicals in that area, in the mitochondria, because it's a deuterium-free deuterium zone or a really low deuterium zone. So when I started investigating like all these different things, melatonin, and you know, melatonin is made in the mitochondria. Why? Like why? Well, because it needs to be deuterium depleted. So the lack of understanding of this extra neutron or the lack of understanding of its importance is really a big deal because all of medicine is working like, hey, your body breaks down, here's the medication that you take. And, and um, I think we talked about, I may have mentioned it before, but that big pharma is, is making deuterated versions of drugs. They're putting deuterium into their drugs to slow down how it stays in your body. So by adding extra deuterium and creating the kinetic isotope effect intentionally, they will increase the time that these drugs are active in your body. So this is like, this is real stuff. This applies to your health. So when it comes to the metabolic water, this is really important because your body will recycle this. It'll all stay close to the mitochondria as all these reactions happen. Every one of them, you just want to have as little deuterium as possible. So um, we, not just camels, we make this metabolic water as well. And that's why a ketogenic diet, one that's high in fat, proves to be so healthy because fats, organic grass-fed fats, are very low in deuterium. And the yield, the amount of, of deuterium-depleted water that comes out of processing fat over sugar is much higher. So um, I'm not sure if we talked about the, you know, the metabolic flexibility issue is that um, I like to think of the mitochondria as a hybrid, it can burn two fuels, it can burn gasoline, or it can burn electricity. Everybody driving a Prius or any electric car wants to be driving in the electricity zone. 
when they're driving gas, there's pollution. And it's the same with your body. Carbohydrates are gasoline to your body. It causes a lot of pollution, a lot of free radical damage. In your body, fats is electricity. It burns clean. And that's a really easy way to think about it. And being metabolically flexible is just like a Prius can shift from gas to electricity. Your body can shift from fat to carbohydrates if you have you know, the right stuff going on in your body. You have to have specific conditions. But that's what people say, metabolic flexibility. That's really what that means. It means the ability to go from burning different types of fuel. You can also burn protein, but I think it's not that interesting to talk about it. I think that the fats and carbohydrates is much more interesting. Um, so now we have this deuterium depleted water coming out of the mitochondria. And then we can talk about where the structured water exists in our bodies and what's the big deal. And let's just go right away to maybe um, are your blood vessel and um, knowing that if you have a lot of structured water in your blood vessels, you're going to have a very thick layer of gel that coats the inner part of the blood vessel. And maybe before, you know, um, I guess I'll, I'll give you the, just sort of the one giveaway. And this is something that I don't know how proven it is, but I love this, is that that gelled water filters the amount of deuterium that can get into your tissues because that thick gel will trap the deuterium atoms in, uh, in the exclusion zone. It'll push those deuterium heavier atoms outwards and they won't get in. And so that's um, some of the work of, of one of my other tribal elders, Stephanie Seneff. And that's who um, the person who I found, you know, five, six years ago. And I found her work and what she was saying, the way she was saying it was so much more important than I thought that people were thinking about. But um, at some point in time, Stephanie Seneff got together with Laszlo Boros and had a conversation. And because Stephanie Seneff was the one who was really, you know, made me aware of what structured water is. She's the one who technically introduced me to uh, Dr. Pollock's work. Um, and it's Dr. Stephanie Seneff. She, she's, a, she's a real doctor. And um, so on the most basic level, the more structured water you have, the more deuterium you can keep out of the places that you want it out of. So you want to maximize your structured water. So that's a really long um, round way around to, to let you know that you want to structure water. So why don't you tell me, um, uh, what, what did you discover what makes structured water? Because you're, you're, you're already you know, becoming an expert on that. What are the things that you've learned that make structured water? Right. Well, um, from Dr. Gerald Pollack's work, I've uh, discovered that, um, and actually the way that they found it out in the, their laboratory was kind of accidental. They just shined a, a light onto uh, water uh, right next to that hydrophilic surface like you were talking about. And so what they found was that the, actually that exclusion zone, that amount of the structured water that, uh, that existed next to that layer uh, actually increased. And so that's, uh, they found later that that was actually infrared uh, near infrared uh, light, which is uh, basically heat that you would get from the sun or infrared saunas. And so that's, that's what has been uh, shown to, to increase that. I want to interrupt today's show by talking to you about Thrive Market. Now, I've personally been a member of Thrive Market for a few years now, and I not only love the convenience of getting groceries shipped right to my door, but I also love just how affordable and delicious their healthy products are. Now I'm going to tell you why I believe in this company so much. So first of all, you can shop the best organic, non-GMO brands, hand-picked to fit their values of nutrition and sustainability. Now, for the members, you can save 25 to 50% off of the retail price you'd actually find in a physical health food store near you. And also, the membership is incredibly affordable. It's just about the price of a cup of coffee, $5 per month. And on average, members actually make this back in about two orders. 
And if you don't, they actually have this guarantee on membership where if it does not pay itself off within the year, you get the difference in Thrive Market credit when you renew it. Now it's also way easier than getting it at the grocery store. It's super easy to shop. It's sorted and tagged by 90 different Thrive Market values. So you can look at the entire catalog by categories like non-GMO, organic, vegan, gluten-free, paleo, sustainably farmed, and more. Now, my family and I have been ordering from Thrive for several years and I truly can't recommend it enough. So if you wanna make eating healthier, not only more affordable, but more convenient and healthier, try Thrive Market risk-free for a month and get a gift of up to $24 in value when you use the link in the description. If you don't like it, no worries. You'll get a full refund of your membership. Hope you give them a try. Now, back to the show. Right, so that's very good. So um, radiation increases the exclusion zone. I think they, they came to this series, a bunch of series where they, they used that little tube and water was flowing um, which looks a lot like a blood vessel. And so there's just this flow of water and they found that it would it would lower down, they leave it and it would go really low. And then, um, you know, if they figured out when they should, they put a light on it, it would increase. But if they put it in a lead box, it would stop completely. So infrared radiation and near infrared radiation exists on the electromagnetic spectrum. I think it's six, six, 600 to, I, I've, I've got to, you know, I should, before I do these podcasts, I really should really review because I can go all the way through the electromagnetic magnetic spectrum, but infrared radiation is, is kind of everywhere. It bounces around, and a low level of infrared radiation will still cause this um, structured water to form. It's just that the amount uh, increases with the increased um, radiation, and, and what's a, probably the biggest source for infrared, radi infrared radiation is the sun. So going in the sun will build structured water, and that's one of the reasons why I say humans are solar-powered animals and we take a charge off of the sun because we are filled with water. And the reason that life exists in this universe is that when radiation of some kind, best in the infrared zone, is it will actually interact with the water molecules because we know they're not static, they're, they're having their own interactions, and they will start to store the energy of whatever that radiation is coming in, in structured water, and that's a storage form, that's a battery. So going into the sun charges your body with the energy of the sun. How does it do that? Well, sunlight is radiation. Radiation is photons. And what are photons? I like to think of photons as the kind of electron that can pass through um, space, which it kind of is. And so when you go into the sun and the radiation hits you, some of it passes through you, some of it's absorbed, and your body will absorb different amounts of solar radiation um, in different tissues. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, I talked a lot about vitamin D and just a quick recap is that UVB radiation, which is a very narrow band, 280 to 315. Um, I remember that one. Um, and, but UVA radiation, that's very, very surface. So it's a very weak radiation. It, it will stimulate the basal cell layer. So it's very light, but, um, UVA radiation penetrates much deeper into your fat cells and into your tissue, which is important. Um, the new talk on the town, which is, there were studies out there, but basically this, the discussion that sunlight itself, when it enters fat cells, will stimulate the cell to lose fat. So the sunlight itself will actually be a signal and a trigger for a fat cell to start to lose fat. And, you know, this is going to sound really bad. I don't want people burning themselves if you want to lose weight. But 
Spending more time in the sun is going to allow you to lose weight. That's just one of those things because humans are, we evolved here on this planet and we're really taking all these sensory signals and sunlight in a warm climate is a signal to your body that it's summer and it doesn't need to have that extra fat. You'll be making more vitamin D, your vitamin D level will come up, your body will know it's summer and all kinds of different, different interactions happen. And that's sort of more from my sunlight vitamin D stuff. We're sticking to water on this, but it's so important to know that these are the things that are important. So people who avoid the sun at all costs, they're really doing themselves a disservice. Exactly. And this and, is this is part of what you talk about uh, in, in our in our first podcast that we did with vitamin D is it's basically like a battery, right? And if you're depleted in that battery, then you're going to go into a sort of like metabolic winter where your body thinks that, uh, you know, it, it's time to go on power saving mode, like you put it, right? And it puts right. everything else on the back burner just to try and keep you alive. Keep basically. you alive, yeah. Yeah, people really, so we want to really, I, I like to really view everything from an evolutionary perspective because Mother Nature doesn't make mistakes. If something's happening here on, on Earth or in your body, there's a reason for it. We may not know it, and doctors may not agree with it, but there's a reason. The idea, you know, but this is this is be, before your time, but the idea they used to say the appendix um, was was uh, was um, uh, was not required. This was uh, um, from evolution, and we no longer need it. So you know, you can you can get rid of it. So, um, the vestigial origin or organ. So vestigial organ is it's total nonsense because if we didn't know the the you know the appendix is the receptacle for all of your gut microbiome when you have terrible diarrhea or you poisoned and everything goes out that little receptacle that's where you repopulate your gut microbiome from so just because doctors don't think something's important um doesn't mean that it's true and then that takes us down this other really big rabbit hole that i kind of put in front of you not really knowing what you would want to take this because i think that we talk about the structured water and you know we'll talk about sulfur we'll talk about you know gerald pollock and all this stuff i think it's much more important than anyone's really thinking and i think that so many people out there have heard some of this information but maybe aren't putting the pieces together and that's what i'm trying to do and that's what i kind of wanted you to do i, I wanted you know you're a young person and since this information goes you know nobody cares about this but this is how your body works and utilizing this information it's really powerful because this is where we get to opt out from allopathic medicine that, that has this vision and that most of your, your, your viewers will have this vision like, okay, my parents are older and my grandparents are really older. When you get older, you get fat and you get sick and then you get, you get cancer and then you get heart disease and then you're on all these medications and then you get dementia. Like that's not how it's supposed to go. That's, that's what we're doing to ourselves now because our doctors don't necessarily know how our bodies work. Right. So what we're talking about right now is just some of the most basic stuff that that has to do with humanity and life on this planet so i'm really like i'm really thrilled to be doing this podcast with you so um i want to take this down you know so we there's two directions to go in um, we're, we're really talking about water and i kind of think this is an appropriate time to talk about the viscosity of water and that's something that we maybe haven't talked about before right so um the reason the viscosity of water in your body is important is because it all goes back to the mitochondria so once again, it doesn't matter whatever's going on in your body. If your mitochondria are not healthy, you cannot make enough ATP. You cannot make enough ATP. You can't function your muscles. Your heart can't pump. Every beat of your heart is using up trillions of, of molecules of ATP for the muscle contractions over and over. So we really, really want to think about the production of energy because your mitochondria is linked to aging as well. 
because once your mitochondria get sick, you're aging. And that's why I say that, you know, my, my book's called The Modern Epidemic. It's literally the, the syndrome of, of, of premature aging. So when we go back into the mitochondria and we think about the, all this complex science stuff, which we will not cover here today, um, but it's important, and I have a lot of cartoon characters to make this so easy to think about. We think about, I want everyone to think about a, um, a hydroelectric dam. And that is, um, how do we create hydro, hydroelectric energy? Well, um, glacial water or whatever water runs down and we make a dam and then we, we spin a turbine. And this turbine is actually what generates electricity. We can do this anywhere. And if you think about it, that water that's spinning, that's actually solar energy as well, because it took the energy of the sun to evaporate the water that later condensed and ran down the hill. So the yeah, hydroelectric um, dam energy is solar energy. And the faster that rotor will spin, the more energy you'll produce. So the higher the waterfall, the deeper the, you know, the fat, the more energy you're gonna get out. So there is the exact same type of rotor that exists in our mitochondria. And it's actually a very complex set of proteins all stuck together that spins. And it's the rotation that actually generates energy. And this is called ATP synthase. And this is a very large enzymatic complex. Remember that enzymes are the worker bees of your biology. So this is just a really massive giant enzyme that's sitting in the inner mitochondrial membrane that's between you know, the, the different spaces that this thing is spinning. And as this spins, the faster it spins, the more quickly it produces ATP. And the slower it spins, the less quickly it produces ATP. So just like a hydroelectric dam, if you shut the, shut the water off, it stops spinning, you're out of power. If you slow down that water to a trickle, you're not making a lot of energy. Now, this is all happening in your mitochondria. This is an aqueous situation. This is happening in water. That's why we're talking about this. This is all going on in a, an aqueous environment. So this rotor, which is this, this sort of delicate protein, is spinning. And if the water is very viscous, it's not going to produce as much energy. If the water is very thin, it's going to spin faster and produce more ATP. Now, what makes water less viscous is infrared radiation. So when you go in the sun, you're getting this massive amount of infrared radiation. And so the sunlight itself is decreasing the viscosity of the mitochondrial matrix water. So when you go in the sun, your metabolism increases. There is another way that we're solar powered animals. And that's another reason why avoiding the sun is just a really, really bad idea. So just specifically that as sunlight passes through, not only does it, does it make the, um, the mitochondrial matrix water less viscous and make you produce more ATP, that the actual electron transport chain will take in the electrons from sunlight. So when that, those photons hit you, um, I believe it's, it's complex four that will actually produce ATP just from the sunlight, from, from actual photons of the sun. And you've read that before as well, right? Right. Okay. So, and this brings us to, so, okay, well, that sounds all really great, but what, what do I care? What does that mean? Well, we, we can talk about sauna therapy. We can talk about infrared sauna therapy. We can talk about heat therapy. And so um, one of the profound effects of sauna therapy, why is it, why is it such an important health benefit? Um, I just buy my sauna is almost ready. Um, but I have an infrared sauna of one person one. I think it's really important because when you put your body into this state, there's a bunch of different, different things that happen. 
Um, and you know, I think we talked about heat shock proteins, but if we have, that's maybe a different episode. But when your mitochondrial matrix water is less viscous, you're making more energy. So when you're out in the sun, you're making more energy. Um, so anything that makes the mitochondrial matrix water less viscous makes you live longer, be healthier, have more energy for everything. Okay, so now that we've covered the fact that uh, you know maybe modern humans aren't actually creating as much structured water as we should because we're really living indoor lifestyles. And even if we do go outside living in places like the equator, we're covered in clothes, right? So we're still not even getting the, uh, that adequate uh, or optimal vitamin D that we actually need. Uh, and actually that's why there's this vitamin D, uh, really vitamin D pandemic uh, of, of deficiency. So now for the skeptics, I wanna refer you to uh, several different resources for this because there's actually a lot of research going on with uh, deuterium, one of which is the Centers for Deuterium Depletion, um, which I know uh, you're, you're a part of. Um, yeah, um, well, so before we go, so I just wanna say there's other things that make structured water. So um, structured water is made by motion. So if you're a couch potato, you're gonna have less structured water in your body. And the more exercise you do, the more structured water you're gonna create by motion. So being outside, being um, uh, active, those are really important um, things. And um, you know, then um, I, I guess the question is, grounding is the next thing. So when you step on, on connected earth, um, does the exclusion zone grow? Um, that is pro probably, but the key thing to that with that has to do with bringing in more negative charge and your blood flow, laminar blood flow along your, your um, blood vessels related to structured water. So related to the, the gel, you know, in, in your endothelium. So that's maybe something we can bring in a little later, um, talking about how your heart isn't necessarily pumping you know, it's just this massive pump. It's not pumping everything like a pump that there, your blood should and could be flowing through the hydrostatic forces of negative and positive repulsion. Because I guess, you know, we, sorry, we missed out on a negative repels, a negative, a positive repels, uh, a positive and negative positive come together. Those are the basic functions of like magnets. Everyone's held a magnet. And I love magnetism because it's kind of magic because you can't see it, but you can feel it. So those are the hydrostatic forces that your body is utilizing with the water and with every protein in your body. So this all comes together on a very basic negative and positive way. And then, you know, we we'll probably want to get into the structured water having to do with the actual, um, how easy it is, is your blood to flow and maybe why red blood cells don't have mitochondria. So there, okay. there's definitely some more information to be had here, but yeah. So we, we were talking about deuterium and, you know, definitely you know, again, so this is, if anyone listen to this, this is a this is a really foundational um, uh, podcast, and you can hear this. You can hear the guys who work for the Center for Deuterium Depletion, Dr. Q and Anne, and they're really great. They've done some great podcasts. They speak very well. Anne, in particular, is great. And you know, I work with them. I shared space with them, and we're kind of on the same mission. Um, I want to share this information because it can't be separated out. Deuterium is is a massive part of everything that we're talking about. And the, the current um, struggle between vegans and carnivores is a deuterium struggle. Just so it's it's one of the aspects of that. Right. So, so so as we're nearing the end of the episode, I really want to get down to what are some practical thing, things people can do because uh, by now we probably lost a few people to the science, but now we want to summarize and be like, okay, what are some of the things you can do? Uh, number one, if you have access to the sunlight right now, uh, go for it. 
Um, if you can, you know, really spending as much time as you can in nature is pretty foundational. Uh, diet, maybe if you live, you know, northern latitude, like we explained in our last podcast, right? Deuterium is really tied to uh, to the light cycles, the amount of UV radiation and intensity that is there, and that's mostly in those equatorial uh, climates. So. Uh, maybe if you live really like in Canada, for example, you're not eating a bunch of bananas or things like that because uh, that could potentially lead to a buildup of deuterium that you can't even handle because you're not in the sunlight all the time. Is there anything else that's foundational? Well, yeah, this just goes straight to the core of, you know, it doesn't matter what you feel, how you feel about eating animals or, or it doesn't really matter. There's certain foods on this planet that are very high in deuterium and certain foods that are very low. Organic grass-fed fats are very low in deuterium and industrial seed oils are very high. Um, I would avoid, you know, things like almond milk and all these new these new foods that aren't really natural. Um, your body can't get almond milk. It's, it's got a lot of omega-6. Um, and so you want to eat a grass-fed, grass-finished, high-fat, organic diet. Beef, beef tallow is one of the lowest uh, parts per million. I think it's 105 parts per million. And again, you know, as time goes on, we'll have more solid numbers that are everyone agrees, but coconut oil, very low in deuterium, um, uh, beef products, very low in deuterium. I avoid chicken and pork because they're fed um, a lot of GMO products. But so high fat diet, um, spending lots of time in the sun, being active. Um, those are the most important things that you can do. Um, you know, that those are my takeaways. Um, you know, I, we, we didn't talk about, you know, it's a, a lot more complex, but um, Epsom salts, baths, magnesium sulfate, baths. Magnesium and sulfur are very key components in your body. We don't have enough of them. I supplement them, but an Epsom salts bath is a great way to supplement them because your body will absorb them transdermally through the skin and it will give you the ideal amount. When you're taking these supplements, some of it's getting um, absorbed, some of it's not. You know, it, the best way I think to take in magnesium and sulfur is, is transdermally. Um, so if you're near an ocean or you, you, you spend time in the ocean, or, you know, Epsom salts bath is really inexpensive, makes you feel really relaxed. Now, just to recap quickly, we talked a little bit about sulfur earlier, but what exactly will that do? Well, so sulfur is a key component in all, almost all of your amino acids. Um, it's um, required for, you know, glutathione. It's, it's, it's an important um, uh, mineral element, but the idea is that your body really wants to keep a lot of sulfur attached to the proteoglycans in your body. And those are the, um, the, the protein matrix or sugar matrix that, that comes into your, your um, blood vessels. Um, this basically is a, a strong negative chart. So you want a lot of sulfur attached there to create the, the um, structured water. So sulfur deficiency will lead to less structured water. More sulfur will allow that exclusion zone and gel to form easier, better, faster. Um, and then um, sulfur is a very important molecule for transportation. Sulfur will get joined on to all different manner of hydrophilic molecules because sulfur is very hydro, sorry, hydrophobic molecules. Sulfur loves to be in the water. It will get attached to molecules that don't and it'll be able to transport them. And as that, did we talk about that last time, cholesterol sulfate? I don't know that we went down that. We that did not. Time. Yeah, well, that's a whole separate discussion. <coughs> And, but it's related to the structured water. And I, you know, I think it, it deserves maybe a little more, a different understanding because it starts to get complex. Because we want to talk about the glycocalyx. We want to talk about the lumen of the blood vessels and how you carry oxygen and how your red blood cells work. A little more complex, but understanding this episode, I think is key in just knowing that the take home message is 
um, the, the structure of water in your body matters and that understanding deuterium depleted water is really important. Um, we didn't talk about like drinking deuterium depleted water. That's, I have some right here. It's not required. Um, a, a, a high, high fat grass fed diet is important. Intermittent fasting allows your body also to clear up some of that deuterium. If you're bringing deuterium into your body all day long when you're snacking, bad news. That's too much of a stress for mitochondria. That's why you want to narrow your eating window. So a lot of the stuff that you're seeing in the biohacking world, all these biohacks, they really come from this basic stuff, from the deuterium, from the infrared radiation. It's all linked together. And um, that's what I really you know, try to do in my book is tie this together, make it memorable, make it fun. And um, you know, have, have these, you know, when you, if you look at my book, you're going to see the versions of water should make more sense once you see the deuterium character and the hydrogen character maybe make it a little easier for people to get their minds around so i definitely recommend obviously you download my book but um my ebook is 100 pages and there are some sections where i go i do an episode on my cartoon characters the heroes of light there they teach science to people in a fun way and i have an episode um i think called water the magical molecule so you can actually see what this looks like you know um graphically represented it may make more sense Awesome. So one last little concept that I want to talk about that you mentioned earlier is this fact that, uh, you know, allopathic medicine, we, we kind of throw a lot of crap at it because, you know, frankly, it kind of deserves it. And uh, yeah. a part of it that I think um, kind of goes unnoticed is this idea that most of what they're looking at is actually uh, effects and not causes. And those effects manifest as maybe insulin resistance or, or um, other me metabolic uh, dysfunction like that. But actually, what we're really saying here with, with this podcast is that maybe there's something more foundational, uh, which goes down to the quantum physics level, which is uh, something like deuterium and structured water. And, and, and that's, that's a really profound way to say it. What you just said is at the core of how people are aging on this planet. And um, that's why, you know... This stuff seems kind of like weird and simple, but this is it. This is the foundation. You know, I, I've been a doctor for over 30 years. And again, I watched my parents die. I had my own illness for 34 years. And, you know, I, I'm educated in that, this system. And and doesn't matter what people think. And, and again, and to anyone watch this who's, who's skeptical, that's okay. Um, this is it. This is, that, this is that deeper level of science. And it is. It comes down to a quantum physics level and the vibrational energy of this extra um, uh, neutron and how it how our bodies are designed around this so when we think about our health if you want to maintain good health into the future you don't we can't have this this um, take the chance that you follow this paradigm like the low-fat paradigm that I followed for 30 years eat less exercise more calories in versus calories out this is very damaging and dangerous because I was sick my whole life and it wasn't until I made these simple changes that I regained my health but more than that I don't want to go to the doctor for typical screening of anything because I don't believe that they have my best interests at heart. The individual doctors are kind people. They believe in what they're doing. But what their medicine is, is not an advantage to us as human animals. And I don't believe it's going to be good or healthy for anyone into, the di into, into this distant future. So by choosing now and, and choosing to understand the how things function, the structure and the function of the universe itself, by choosing to focus on how our biology works at a root cause, that's going to give everyone who's interested a ticket to to manage their own health and not to be deceived by companies that make money on this. 
you know, I had a big discussion with somebody about cholesterol and cholesterol statins. Cholesterol statins and the idea that cholesterol is, is, is dangerous is one of the largest financial scams, bigger than Wall Street, bigger than any type of conspiracy you can think. And it's that an industry that makes money selling you a product has convinced doctors that they have trained that this is the right thing. And they make trillions of dollars over this, but it's damaging to our bodies. And we have to really be careful. If Big Pharma's best trick is tr tricking doctors into thinking that we need to lower our cholesterol and lower our cholesterol kills us, that's bad. We need to look at how things work. And that's where one of my quotes is that you, you truly can't fix something until you understand how it works and why it broke down in the first place. And our current medical paradigm doesn't have a clue. And even worse, they don't care. They're not looking for this information, but you should be. So, Cholesterol will definitely be the subject of another podcast, by the way. Um, yeah. So where can people find all of this information? Well, so they can find me at modernhuntergatherers.com. MHG is my fun brand. My name is Joel Gould. I have a dental website called Modern American Dentistry. I treat sleep apnea and insomnia with a lot of this information. And so people can, can find me there. Um, I don't have my online program totally up and running yet, but we're working on it. And, um, you know, you can follow me on Instagram, modern, modern underscore hunters underscore gathers. And um, I've got a lot of information I want. I want to, you know, I usually put this out there and say, when you find my stuff, it can be overwhelming. And I've created just different tiers of information because everyone's going to fall out of their current paradigm of what they believe in and fall into sort of the information I'm sharing at different times. So I have different videos. I have fun stuff. I have more complex ones. I have lots of different stuff that I've done. And um, I'm continuing to, to um, uh, include more content like this. This is the most valuable time for me is sharing this with your generation because you get a fresh start. If I can mentor you guys and you to start with this and then investigate on their own, I don't know everything. And, and I make a lot of uh, statements that not, I can support them with science, but I can't prove them because no one's going to do the studies to support this, but super important for people just to know that the story that we've been told has to do with profit control. And it's not necessarily relevant to you as a human animal. You need to look a little deeper and, and try and enjoy these different things that, that we need to do in life to stay healthy. Great. So I'll have all of those links uh, to Dr. Gould's site, uh, his Instagram and Centers for Deuterium Depletion uh, and other resources. Thank you for your time, Dr. Gould. My pleasure. Hey, I'm going to give sort of my, sorry to, uh, one takeaway point is that the real thing I want people to understand is that the two things that, are, that doctors are saying are the worst staying in the sun and eating fat are the two best things that you can do. Those who spend the most time in the sun and eat the most red meat are the ones who will live the longest. And I know it may be hard to believe, but it's true, but it has to do with deuterium. That's it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Now, if you enjoyed this episode and you've enjoyed some of my other episodes, it would be very, very helpful to me if you could share this with your loved ones, share this with your family and friends, and give this a review on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. That would be very, very helpful. Navigating the world of health and wellness is anything but straightforward. So if you're a little bit confused as to you know, what things are harmful, is this food good? Is this food bad? Well, spoiler alert, it's not that simple. However, I and many others have done the heavy lifting. 
So I put together a book called Return to Human, how modern medicine, the media, and the mundane have destroyed our immune systems and how to move back towards optimal health. The full version is available on Amazon. Now it's around 70 or 80 pages. And so it's really a simple guidebook that you can use and an introduction to all of the major aspects of health, which is why I think it's so helpful for people who are kind of confused and lost. Here's what I cover. I cover the top six aspects of health, which if compounded, if combined together, and all of these things are done properly, then you can have amazing effect on your overall health. Because, you know, unlike what many health gurus claim, one thing will not make a healthy person. Multiple things will give you a 1%, a 2%, even a 10% if you're lucky, increase in your overall quality of life. Now that's what I set out to do when I wrote this book. So I cover those top six. I tell you very, very simple things that one, damage your immune health and your overall health. Two, how you can do the appropriate thing based on research, right? And it's not a medical recommendation. Of course, I want you to do your own research. You are responsible for you, but it's a great starting point if you're a little bit confused. Now, I understand that right now you may not want to dish out a few dollars, even though it is $3 right now on Amazon. That's okay. Because mindset is inextricably tied to your immune health, so your emotional state, your mindset, all of that directly affects how your immune system functions in response to a virus or bacterial infection and so forth. So I made that chapter 100% free for you to download. It gives you some very simple tools that you can use to reduce stress, to calm the nervous system, all in a way that's free or very, very affordable. Now, if you want that, you can click the link in the description, which says free download to chapter two, or simply head over to livedamwell.com. I hope you check it out. I hope it helps, and I'll see you in the next episode.